Hey y'all, welcome to Saved and Sassy. My name's Cassie and boom, it's my podcast. Okay guys, so this week I added something new. So you guys know that there's a Saved and Sassy page on Facebook and if you don't know, now you know, you can like it. Um, I tend to publish the episodes there as well. Um, I'm not very active on it, which I'm going to switch up because I heard from feedback from last week that that's something that I should do. Also, I'm going to set up a uh email so saved and sassy at gmail.com where you can send in your requests for topics and things of that nature um so that we can get a little community going and you guys can tell me what you guys want to be called because um sassiness didn't go over well um jane says sass disciples and i was like it's a bit much (laughs) it's a bit much so you guys you know just let me know what you guys want to be called because i like the sassinets and i feel like that's not okay it's not okay. But let's get into shout outs. I want to shout out, of course, Miss Ariane and Brian Stokes, where you will find them stoked to be the Stokes on Apple Podcasts. I want to shout out Miss Andrea St. Louis. You will find her on Anchor. At least that's where I listen to her. It's um, Wisdom Wednesdays, and her podcast is called Walk Into Purpose Honey Child Chunny. Okay, let me tell you something. I got my life wholly together and snatched within three minutes of her podcast. Okay, you thinking about trying to get your life together? You want to learn how to walk into purpose? And when you want to decide what job you should take, listen to her podcast. Okay, if you're deciding whether you should follow your passion or follow a paycheck listen to her podcast and get your life together honey okay so i want to shout her out indefinitely i want to thank you all for listening first god of course for giving me this vision but for all of the support miss rachel you sent me a beautiful message that encouraged me to keep going kendra who's a driving force katisha who's a driving force i just thank you guys so much for the encouragement and the empowerment and all the positive words because this is not easy and as god continues to grow me and as i get more and more comfortable these topics do not become easier. They actually become harder because I have to be more and more transparent. So just continue to pray for me. So that being said, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, that's not a song. I thought I was going to go into a song and actually I'm not. So <laughs> last week it was a little heavy and I was the topic was, um, it was a Dump It style episode and the topic was release it. And today's Dump It style episode is going to be called Deliverance or Nah. <laughs> Deliverance or Nah. So let's get ready to work, guys. Let's get ready to work. So deliverance or not. So, okay. So deliverance can be very similar to you cleaning out your house. So like you get home from vacation, okay, you unpack your clothes, right? But you don't put your clothes away, right? So I have this rule. When I go on vacation, if I know there's a washer and dryer nearby, child, honey, I don't play no games. I wash my clothes there. So when I come home, I put my clothes away and I don't have to worry about doing laundry, okay? But people sometimes, they don't do that. They just come home, they put their clothes, they don't even put clothes away. Like there was a season in my life where I just wasn't putting no clothes away and I didn't like to fold laundry. So what I did was I would just put my entire bag away and then when it was time to pull that suitcase out, I just took those clothes, put those into the wash and then would just repack and I just would be like, oh, I found new clothes. (laughs) Oh, the days of the rich, honey okay but either way the thing is is like when you get delivered 
you have a whole new house. You have a whole new temple. Everything is empty, spick and span, right? So what you do is in order to make sure that your house stays clean, you put in new furniture and you fill it up. So what do you fill it up with spiritually? The word of God. You put up new pictures, you put up furniture. That's the word of God. You put in his spirit, worship music. You now consume these new things, right? Um, so that the enemy, when he tries to come in, because, you know, the Bible says he'll come in and find, the enemy will find uh, um, the house swept up clean and then he'll bring in seven more. But he won't be empty because now you got the word of God. So be like, no, those voids that you try to fill or that you did fill, devil, ha the word of God is now there. You have no room and no space. Be gone. Okay? But what happens when you've been delivered from a religious spirit? Or what happens when you've been in this walk? for a long time like this isn't a conversation for the babes in Christ this is a conversation for the church this is a conversation for or for those who have been in church for a long time and they're growing from being a babe and actually putting meat down their throats you know or somebody who's been in this walk for a long time when you've been delivered from a religious mindset you know to do these things so what happens when they're ineffective now you know what I mean like what happens when you're just like I've been doing these things and I still find myself slipping back. What are these doors that are being opened and how can I stop them? Because I'm confused because my thing is, is not, I'm not smoking. I'm not fornicating. I'm not drinking. So it's not that I need to cut off a man. It's not that I need to cut off a friend. It's not that I need to stop going to bars or stop sleeping with people at night. So I don't know what else to do, God. What is my problem? And is this thing real? Because I'm concerned because how do I defend this deliverance when it's not a tangible thing? Because sometimes church culture teaches us how to monitor and how to regulate the tangible things. But what happens when it's an interchange? You know, how do you defend not being abandoned? How do you defend not being hardened? How do you defend those things? It's easy to defend not getting text messages from old boy, putting him on the blacklist. It's easy to defend going to, um, not going to, um, the bars, you know, going to clubs. It's easy to defend that. But what happens when you find yourself slipping back into things that you didn't, re- that you don't realize how you got there originally? You know what I mean? Like, how did we get here? So let me be real with y'all because I don't have no other way to be and you can't judge me anyways because you can't judge me from what God has delivered me from. Boom, boom. But I mean, let's be real. So I got off this mountaintop, you know, was there three days or three or four days. I was in Maryland and then I came home straight into revival, literally came home on Wednesday at two or three o'clock, was in revival at six o'clock, oh, 630. No, I'm sorry. Got into revival seven o'clock that night. Didn't get out of revival till Sunday. Okay, was back at Bible, I mean, women's meeting on Monday, Tuesday night, young adult prayer, Wednesday night, we had Bible study, and then Thursday, Friday, I probably was in church all week, so I was just running, 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 but I began to see all myself slip, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on, and I got a little nervous, because I'm confused, because I'm like, God, you said, if the son of man says free, who the son of man says free is free indeed, then he's free, right? So, if you're free and you can't lie, what's up? What's going on, God? What's good? So, if your word is true, then what is it that I'm doing that's causing me to... In up uh, back 
into these old thought patterns. And something that Pastor Lissette had said on the mountaintop that God had given her was God was saying, like, I'm so pleased with this worship because it literally was like a mountaintop experience. But she said, don't leave me up here in these mountains. That God was saying, don't leave me here. And you know what it did? He brought that back to my remembrance. And I thought about the level of a consecration that I had at that mountaintop. I thought about the level of dedication and persistence. The level of worship. You know, the drive. The level of uh, dedication that I had. Like, God, I'm here to meet you. You know what I mean? And I came home. And I was too tired. I was too tired to get up early in the morning to read my word. I was too tired to journal before I went to bed. I woke up and I said like a five minute prayer to start my day, but I didn't spend time in worship him. I didn't spend time to hear what thus saith the Lord. 24 hours in the day and I couldn't find one hour to spend time with God. See, when you walk this Christian life, this is for an advanced believer or, you know, someone who's growing from a babe state, but has been in the body of Christ for a long time and you're starting to eat meat, but you want to grow. When you've been in this state for a while, God requires consecration on a different level. And something that Becky taught me was I had always associated consecration with fasting, but that's not it they're two separate things fasting is turning your plate over but consecration is setting yourself aside when i went to that mountaintop for that four three to four days i set myself aside i was off social media i wasn't texting my friends every five to six minutes i set myself aside to spend time with god because i needed an answer But I can't sing songs of praise and worship and say, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Every second of every day, God, I need thee. But then when my answer is here, when the financial breakthrough comes, when my children are acting right, when my husband's doing what he needs to do, when my job is lined up, all of a sudden, That desperation for his presence is no longer there. And then I'm wondering how the enemy got in. So I can tell on myself because can't nobody shame me. But also because conviction hit me. And I thank God for conviction. Because it's not condemnation. It's the Holy Spirit showing that he's still pruning me. And when the Holy Spirit prunes you, that means you're growing. And that God loves you. And that he's trying to elevate you. I went out with a couple of my friends to a listening party. Now hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm not saying. Okay? (laughs) I'm not saying you can't go to a listening party. And I'm not saying that you can't wear things. But I went to a listening party. And I wore a bad outfit. Sister girl was fine. Sister girl was fine. I was popping. And I'm very much aware of the position that I play in my life. Um, I'm a worship leader. I'm under a wonderful pastor and first lady. Um, I believe in wearing what you want. I believe in, um, you know, dressing for the occasion. I believe in doing um, things of decency and order. I do 
you know, I, I'm that girl. I do. But I also knew, how do I say this? I also, in that moment, knew that my outfit wasn't appropriate in the sense of where I wouldn't post it on social media, like as far as Facebook. So I put it on Snapchat because that's 24 hours, you know, ain't nobody saying anything. But I was around friends and things like that. And I wasn't convicted, honestly, truly, honestly wasn't convicted until I saw the pictures back. But that was just with my close friends or whatever. But, and I let it go because I wasn't convicted. And it wasn't until I seen a post on Facebook that said, holiness isn't about what you wear, but if you're holy, you'll be cautious about what you wear. Conviction means that he's pruning you. He didn't shame me. God didn't say, you go to hell for wearing that. Oh, child, the people. But he showed me, daughter, I called you out of that. For where I'm calling you, that's not the standard that we live by. So come up a little higher. And I said, okay, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know why? Because I can't say I submit myself to you. And then every time he corrects me, I go back and forth with him. Because then my guess would be conditional. And as often as I ask God for something, (laughs) I can't afford that. Do you see what I'm saying? Consecration. Fasting. How do you defend your deliverance? Fasting. Turning over your plate. I've been so accustomed to the Daniel fast that it's no longer a sacrifice. So, Sister Becky, I tell you, I thank God for saved friends. I thank God for saved friends. Sister Becky came and she did a teaching at my church. And she said, you know, we do the Daniel fast. She said, and we got accustomed to it. She said, well, what about juicing? What about all day fasting? Nothing but water. Is it a sacrifice for you? Because fasting is not for us. Fasting is for us to get close to God. You don't move God. Fasting is for the benefit of you, sis, (laughs) bruh. Fasting is for you. Is it your sacrifice? And then even today in prayer, we begin to pray for our leadership. And I'm saying this to say, you go through a process of deliverance to bring about change. You know, for you, um, you bring about change for your family. But there should also be um, evident change that progresses from your life does that make sense so god doesn't save us for us to stay the same he saves us so that we can go through a process so that we can become what he has called us to be amen so excuse me so we go through this process so tonight in prayer we were praying for leadership and god just had me start wailing and i'm crying and i'm speaking in tongues and i'm crying so i don't know why i'm crying because the weight is so heavy and i'm just like god now i done said i wanted this weeping burden off my chest get this off my chest and he just began to speak to me and he showed me the leadership in the bible and how even the prophets that were sad and you know, we're way down with depression or we're frustrated. It was because of the people. Moses didn't make it to the promised land because he didn't listen to the people because he didn't listen to God, but he was frustrated by the people. Saul listened to the people. He wanted the approval of the people. And it made me say, God, I repent for being a bad sheep to my shepherd. 
if we were to step into our rightful place, how much easier would ministry be on our leadership? We are to be free. We get free so that we can step into our rightful places. How do you defend your deliverance? You take your authority back and you walk into the calling that God has called you to do, to be. And the places of authority that he's given you. I don't want to be a fig tree with beautiful leaves and no fruit. Where is the fruit? Are you fruitful in your season? Are you fruitful? How many people have you connected to Christ? How many people have you told about his goodness? You don't need to be an ordained minister. Um, oh, child, you don't need to be an ordained minister for that. That's the one commandment that we all have. Go into the uttermost part, Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the earth and share the gospel. Are you doing your part? How many prophecies are you hoarding? Prophets are you chasing after, but you won't do the work. How many books are you reading, but you haven't picked up the book, the B-I-B-L-E, literally the breath of God written on pages, haven't read the Bible, but you're chasing down books. Deliverance is real, but how do you defend your deliverance? You got to know God. You got to know his heart. You got to want him more than you want anything else. Why? Because when you submit yourself, his desires become your desires. You become so sensitive to the spirit that when you intercede, you're interceding on behalf of others. But the things that you ask for, like we were praying for the government, God will begin to download into your spirit the things that you don't even know about. I have a friend who was praying for, um, I think she said she was praying for uh, slavery. And she didn't understand why she was praying for slavery because clearly to us, slavery was happening back in, you know, in the 1800s. And then a couple of, now this was a couple of years ago she was praying for it and she didn't understand why. And then it came out that modern day slavery was happening in Africa. And you see it now. Can God trust you? How can you defend your deliverance? Get close with God. The closer you are to him, child, I tell you what, you can't be in the presence of God and not change. Chase after him. Chase after him. I tell you, I promise you. And that's what I had to do. That's what I learned this week. Seek ye first the kingdom and his and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I'm defending my deliverance by reading his word. By consecrating myself, setting myself aside. If we're in this world, but not of this world, that means I can't be consumed by the cosmos. I can't be consumed by the rules and regulations. I have to take them into account because I'm in this world. But this is not my home. This is not my home. The ruler of this earth is not mine. Okay? Jesus is Lord of my life. I run by his rules. But if you don't know the word of God, what rules is you going to abide by? You got to know him. You got to know his voice. You got to hear him. You got to submit yourself to him. 
And that's what I had to learn, y'all, because I was like, I feel like I'm backsliding without backsliding. Because in my mind, which most of us do, is like we talk, we, we think about tangible sin. So God, I'm not, I'm not doing sin, but my heart wasn't being turned. So I knew that I was slipping up because my heart was changing. But I'm like, God, I don't know how to control it because it's nothing that I'm doing outwardly. But it was an inward change. And when it's an inward change, that means the posture of your heart is off. Where's your posture of your heart? Where's your prayer? Is God bringing you to a different level in prayer? You know what I mean? So these are the things that help you defend your deliverance. These are the things that help you deliver, um, help you defend your deliverance. So I hope this was lighter than last week's. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you need from me, ciao. Call on a sister. I got your back. All right. I love you. Um, let's go into prayer. Oh, this was a short one. Praise God. Okay. I got your back. Let's go into prayer. Father God, I thank you for every listener of this podcast. I thank you for every person that you have sent here, God, to hear your word. Father God, I ask you to touch each and every person, oh God, who's experienced your deliverance, oh God, who's had to experience your power of deliverance, oh God, and who want to know how to defend your deliverance. Father God, I ask you to place a fire, oh God, in their stomach, oh God, and desire and hunger, oh God, to seek you, oh God, to seek your heart, oh God, to seek your heart, oh God, to seek your heart, to know your ways, oh God, to hear your voice. Oh God, to have a hunger for your ways, oh God, to have a hunger for your word so they will not be consumed by the desires of this world, but they will be consumed by the desires of your will that will be manifested in their lives, oh God. Help them, oh God, to consecrate themselves, to set themselves aside for you, to have a devotional life that will that will be like none other for you as they continue to turn over their place as they continue to oh god to find that secret place with you god fulfill the desires of their heart i thank you because you are our battle axe i thank you because you are our restorer i thank you because you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think you are amazing i give you all the praise and all the glory in jesus let me pray amen and amen